Come on now. He is risen. He is risen Amen. Well, in case you haven't heard the good news, guess what? The tomb is still empty. Amen. Amen. Well, if you would turn into your Bibles, if you brought a Bible on Easter Sunday, good job. Your phones count too. If you have a phone, pull up your Bible. We'll put it on the screens up here. I have a title for you. This sermon is Jesus is risen. There is hope. I'll say it again. Jesus is risen. There is hope. One more time. Then you got it. Jesus is risen and there is hope. Amen. Amen. Let me give you a little background. This is the Resurrection Sunday morning story. You may have heard this every Easter you've ever been alive. Good. We should. Um, This story takes place right after the women come to the tomb. They find it empty. And then there is this scene, this conversation between Jesus and Mary Magdalene. And so let's look at these words. Would you stand with me? We're going to look deep into this scripture and talk about it. I pray that you will open up your heart, not just your mind, as you hear these words. You know, the word of God is often talked about as like a sword that can pierce our lives and it cuts between things and separates. And so I pray today you will hear and receive these words. Here's the story. John chapter 20, verse 11. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. Remember, she just got there. It's early in the morning still. Jesus had died on the cross. She had gone there, I, I assume, not expecting a resurrection. I don't think anyone did. Jesus said he was, was going to raise from the dead, but no one understood. And here she is crying, weeping. As she wept, she bent over to look in, into the tomb. She saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head, the other at the foot, They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not recognize, realize that it was Jesus. And I've often wondered why. It doesn't say why. Was it still early and dark? Was it uh, maybe Jesus was too far away? Was Jesus wearing something on his head? She couldn't recognize him. Um, A lot of people think, well, maybe his resurrected body just looked different. It was glorified, more beautiful, more perfect. I don't know. She doesn't recognize him, and he initiates the conversation. He says to her, woman, why are you crying? And who are you looking for? These two questions. Imagine God himself asking all of humanity these questions. What's causing your sadness? And who, not what, but who are you looking for? Then she answers the question. She's thinking he was the gardener. She said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. And Jesus says to her one word. Do you see what Jesus says to her? He says her name, Mary. And she turned to him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. That's what she called Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Christ, you are in our midst. And we say, Jesus, you have risen from the grave. We proclaim that. We hope that on this morning. And Lord, we pray that you'll speak to us through the word of God right here. You will speak to us. Lord, open our minds, open our hearts, that we might know you. And we might know that you are calling us by name. We praise you and worship you. And all God's people at New Life Manitou Springs shouted, amen. 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 You may be seated. 
Let me tell you a story. It's a story from my life, and then I'll kind of uh, get to the end and kind of parallel it with the, this conversation between Mary and Jesus. But I grew up in high school. I had a cassette player. Does anyone in here know what a cassette player is? Now, some of you are like, listen up, Sonny. I know what an eight track. I know what a record player is. But I had, back in my day, we had a cassette player. So I had uh, uh, cassettes of this band called U2. Anybody else U2 fan? So I listened to U2. Uh, they have a lot of Christian themes. And I was just, as a high school kid, that's what I listened to. I moved to Colorado and was uh, going to New Life Church. And some friends from New Life invited me to join them at a U2 concert at, uh, in Denver at the, it's, it's the, I don't know, what, what is it now? It's the Pepsi Center then. Is it the Ball Auditorium or something? Okay, thank you. Yeah, um, um, so we went up there, and on the drive up, we're talking about, uh, one of the guys mentions that at some of the other rock shows uh, on the tour, that the lead singer, Bono, would have someone come up on stage and kind of interview them, and then say, hey, if you want to say something to 20,000 people, you could say it now, and some people would r- ramble off something, and, and so we were talking in the car, like, what if, like, like what if one of us was, was brought up on stage? How cool would that be? And then what would you say? And we started talking about like, well, we're all Christians and we would love to talk about God and Jesus as the Lord of our life. We'd like to, you know, if we got an opportunity to talk to 20,000 people, we would like to share that. And so we were thinking like, what would we say? How would we say that? And by the way, just to answer the question, no, none of us were chosen out of the 20,000 people to get up there. But anyways, with the question was in my head, like all through the drive, all through the concert, listening to the different songs, some of them very Christian themes. They got a song called 40, which is right out of Psalm chapter 40. And so I'm just listening and thinking like, wow, what would I say to this crowd, to this generation, if given the ability to talk to that many people in one little moment? And I just couldn't, like, what would I say? What could I say? And towards the end of the concert, they started playing one of their songs that they often end concerts with, which is from their 1987 album, Joshua Tree, called, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. I still haven't found, I still haven't found, still haven't found what I'm looking for. I've climbed the highest mountains, I've crawled, I've scaled these city walls, but I still haven't found what I am. So the whole crowd, 20,000 people are singing this as an anthem, as a chorus. And in my head, it's hard to describe because I'm not that musical, but it's like a, like two songs being sung in a round and they're both going at the same kind of time. I heard just in my head another song. And, and maybe it was a gift from God to hear this because it was really special for me. But as the crowd is, is joyfully saying, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, I heard in my head at the same time the song that was very special to me in high school when I was coming to the Lord, when I was wanting to go to church for myself and wanting to give my life to the Lord. And there was some meetings uh, as a youth group where, where people were, were talking about accepting Jesus as their own personal Lord and Savior. And I just thought, I, I want that. I, 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 I love the Lord. I want to follow him all my life. And we would often in these youth group meetings end the meeting with this song, As the Deer Pants for the Water. So my soul longeth after thee. Words straight out of Psalm 42. And in this moment, at the concert, 
in the Pepsi Center, hearing 20,000 people say, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I heard along with that, like two sides of the same coin, I heard, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. And I knew, like, if given an opportunity, our message to this world around us is, is don't celebrate that we're they're searching. Don't celebrate that you haven't found, but instead, give your life to the Lord. You will find him. The, this very famous quote from uh, St. Augustine says, the heart is restless until it rests in thee. That we are, there's, there's like a puzzle piece missing from our lives, our existence, and only God is that exact puzzle piece. So going back to this original story here of Jesus talking with Mary at the tomb. He doesn't, she doesn't know who he is. She thinks he's a gardener. It's a very weird thing to think. But Jesus has this conversation and says, why are you crying? Like what's causing you distress? Why are you saddened? And who are you looking for? I think a theme, a chorus in Mary's life in that moment would be, I thought I found Jesus. I thought, I thought Jesus was the one. Can you, can you think through her life and her timeline at that morning? Like she had been with Jesus. Jesus said, if you believe in me, you will never die. Jesus said, I am the, 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 the way, the truth, and the life. And then he is dead on Friday night. And here she is Sunday morning, not yet knowing what is going on. She could have in her heart been singing that chorus like all those people, maybe I still haven't found what I'm looking for. But standing there, right there with her, is hope himself, is God himself, Jesus. It's interesting how hope is often hidden, don't you think? Like think about uh, there's the scene of the cross and the scene of the resurrection. The cross has all the dramatic Horrible details and, and like, like there's an earthquake. The, the sun is darkened. There's the last words of Jesus. There's blood. There's this gruesome scene. There's a crowd. And then compare that with the scene of the resurrection. Like it's a dark morning in the quiet where something happens in the tomb outside of the sight of any human. And then this scene where a regular ordinary gardener gets confused with God himself. Like hope is often hidden. We need faith to have hope. And this morning on Easter Sunday morning, this Resurrection Sunday, I want to invite you to unveil hope and to receive hope this morning. Jesus asks her these words, John chapter 20, 15, why are you crying and who is it you are looking for? These are questions. God is asking Questions. Do you think God needs to know the answer? Uh, do you think God already knows the answer? Yeah, so like, why does he ask the question? Well, probably to engage us, right? Like, have you ever noticed, maybe some of you will like, oh yeah, I've noticed that, how really smart people ask a lot of questions? Like, there, there's this way of teaching, like going back to ancient Greece, maybe even earlier than that, like Socrates, he would always answer a question with a Question, yeah, like what's the deal with that? Well, it gets you thinking. Think about the opening scenes of the Bible. You know, remember when all of humanity was there? God said, don't eat from this tree. What did we do? We ate from the tree. We weren't supposed to, but we did. And then what? Like all of humanity goes and runs and they hide. 
They try to hide from God. And then what does God do? He like, he goes to find them. He like walks out and he says, you know what he says? He says, where are you? As if he doesn't, like he just created the sun and the moon and the stars and everything. And they're right there behind the fern. Like everybody knows they're right there. Why does he ask where they are? Because he doesn't know? No, he knows he's inviting them. He's inviting them to come out. He's inviting them to, to have a conversation with the Lord, their God. It's like little kids. If you have a, a little kid, I, I especially enjoyed this when our kids were really small. But you kids, all the kids in here, raise your hand if you're good at hiding. You guys good at hiding? You good at hiding? I see some adults. Right? You guys, Pierce, you're good at hiding, right? Yeah, he's good at hiding. So if you're good at hiding as a little kid, it's a fun game to play, especially when like the kids are really little because they'll like be right there just like in the middle of the room like this and they're hiding and, and the parents don't see him. So the parents will go over here and be like, where are you? I, I can't find you. Where'd you go? Are you, are you over here? No, they're, they're, they're standing right in the middle of the room like this. But what, what's happening? It's this fun game where they get to then say, ha here I am. I'm right here. I've been here the whole time. And you run up as a father and you hug this little kid and you love them and you laugh together. And it's, it's an engagement of, of like God, the father and us. He's engaging Mary here with this question. Why are you crying and who are you looking for? And Mary, she answers the question quite literally. Uh, she gets right into the details. John 20, 15. She says, thinking he was the gardener. She said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you put him and I will get him. And then Jesus responds with one word, one word and the tables turn. One word and she realizes who this really is. Jesus said to her, Mary, her name. In the Greek, um, I really enjoy studying Greek. I love studying Greek in seminary. And um, there's something really special going on here in the Greek because the word Mary is, is the English word for Mary. And it's, it's, it's just what she goes by. And it's, uh, there's something really special in the Greek because it's her nickname, Maria. Throughout the Gospels, Mary of Magdalene, that uh, Magdalene's not her last name, so it's Mary of Magdala. Maybe some of you have been to that small little village and got to tour it. It's on the Sea of Galilee. That's where she's from. She's called uh, Maria of, of Magdala, Magdala. And everyone would have known her by that nickname, Maria. They would have called her that in the marketplace. Uh, they would have said hi and bye, uh, Maria. Just like my name is Joe. I go by Joe. I introduce myself as Joe. But my real name is... Joseph, it is. And my father named me Joseph. His name is Joseph. And my dad's dad is Joseph. And when we, my wife and I, who was leading worship, we had our first son, we named him Joseph. It's, it's my real name. It's my given name. It's, it's really, it's, it's not my nickname. It's who I am. And so going back to the Greek here, don't let me lose you here with, with, with the Mary. It's just all translated Mary, but throughout her life, she would have been known by the nickname Maria. But Jesus here, when he says Mary, he's calling her Miriam, 
which would have been her given name, which would have been the name her parents gave to her, would have been the name she had as a little girl, a little girl that has childlike faith, a little girl before all the disappointments, before all the hardships of life, maybe before, we don't know the background of her story other than that she had some sort of like there was evil spirits possessing her and Jesus heals her of that. And we don't know what that pre-story was, but maybe she opened the door to something in her life and she was oppressed by some sort of evil spirit. We don't know. But before that, she was Miriam. And Jesus here is calling her by her true name. God is calling us by our true names. At the end of our days, Jesus promises that as he rose from the dead, he will raise us up from the dead and he will call us by name. He's calling us by name. Nash, Scott, Jeff, Jay, Laura. He's calling us by our true names and will we follow him? Will we walk with him? Will we recognize that even though this hope is covered and there's mystery here, there is hope. Jesus has risen from the grave and he wants us to follow him. You know, next week we're gonna do baptisms. This is identifying with Christ's death, going down into the water, coming up out of the water, raised anew. You know, the rest of this story, Jesus for 40 days spends time appearing to different people kind of popping up in situations with strangers or the disciples. He has full-on conversations with people. It's not like a, an appearance, like a ghost. It's full-on conversation. He appears at one point, look it up, to over 500 people at one time. He meets with the disciples. They're allowed to touch his hands and his side where he was killed. He uh, eats with the people. This is one of my favorite scenes is he eats with them even after his resurrection, that last scene of the Last Supper where he eats with his disciples, it's like he returns to that moment. And in a way, heaven is often compared to this metaphor of a feast in heaven. And we get to be invited to this heavenly feast. He's calling us by name. Will we come to him? Would you stand with me? We're gonna sing one last song. The band can come up. The communion servers, you can come up as well. There's a meal that God provides for us, his body and his blood. On the night he was betrayed, it says he took bread, he took the cup, he gave it to his disciples. He said, do this in remembrance of me. So this table is open. Everyone in here, kids, adults, if you believe in Jesus, if you would say, He's called you by name and you will go to him in faith. You can come forward and receive. Jesus' table was an open table. The kingdom of God is an open kingdom whereby which we enter. So the question in your mind should be, do you believe this? Do you receive this? And if you do, you can come forward humbly to receive from the Lord. There's gonna be some instructions. We're gonna go from the center Sorry, we're gonna go from your rows to the center, working our way from the front to the back. If you get lost in the room, just come to the cross. That's a, that's a good direction for anyone that's lost. 
come to the center, come down the aisle, the communion servers will say, Christ's body and blood for you. You'll receive the cup. It's like a prepackaged communion elements. Go back to your seat and just wait there. We'll all receive it together. Let me pray a blessing over you. Lord, we thank you that these are the gifts of God for the people of God. This is the body of Christ for the body of Christ. Lord, we thank you that, that you have died for us, even sinners, even the worst of sinners, even people that don't think that they're worth anything. Lord, you think highly of them. You love us. You love all humanity. You're wondering after us, saying, where are you? So that we might respond. We might turn to you and say, Lord, we're right here. Help us, save us. We come to this table in need of knowing you and we worship you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.